Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and Channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. Traffic solutions suggested by Ellie French. The vast majority of traffic in Belmont is cut through traffic from adjacent towns, according to results of Belmont's townwide traffic study released last week. Depending on the intersection and time of day, up to 93% of traffic in Belmont can be coming from Arlington and Lexington, although at the majority of key intersections, the numbers actually account for between 50 and 70% of traffic congestion. At the Traffic Advisory Committee meeting on Thursday, November 8th, a months-long study on Belmont traffic conducted by the BSC Group was released, with data derived from license plates, Wi-Fi-enabled devices, automated traffic recordings, and counts of pedestrians, bikes, and vehicles, all highlighting individual streets and intersections where traffic buildups and accidents are most prevalent. In addition to Route 2 traffic, the study found Park Avenue and Pleasant Street to be also areas with significant buildup. The study set out to address the community's concerns of not only heavy traffic congestion, but cut-through traffic worsened by navigational apps, speeding on neighborhood streets, morning traffic near schools, and bike and pedestrian safety. Sam Alfie Aldo, a BSC Group traffic engineer, presented several strategies to help calm traffic in town, namely speed and volume control. Volume control, he said, is done by using things like diverters, one-ways, turn restrictions, and roundabouts. Speed control, on the other hand, he said, is done with measures like on-street parking, speed bumps, and signs telling drivers both the speed limit and their own speed. But there are also more drastic measures can be undertaken, Alfie Aldo said. With state approval, Belmont could toll non-resident traffic, install cameras to provide automatic speed enforcement, and with the approval of both the neighboring towns and the Massachusetts Department of Transportation, restrict access to adjacent cities and towns entirely. For now, those solutions remain hypothetical. Once the BSC group publishes their final written report, the committee and the Board of Selectmen will review it, evaluate the feasibility of various solutions, and then begin the process of reducing traffic in Belmont. And now on to my colleague, Claire. Thank you, Bob. Snack Shack benefits school music programs. Parent volunteers run the concession stand during football games by Joanna K. Zavellas. 
There's a group of parents who enjoy spending a few Friday nights during the year volunteering at the Snack Shack for the Belmont High School home football games and Belmont Soccer Association Soccer Night. They are from the local organizations Parents of Music Students, POMS, and have discovered how fun it is to make and serve popcorn, hot dogs, pretzels, hot chocolate, and more for a cause they strongly support. POMS, P-O-M-S, helps support music programs for all grades in Belmont Public Schools and runs the Snack Shack during the football season. Mark and Cindy Haddad are the chairmen of the Snack Shack. They got involved with it because their son is a member of the BHS Marching Marauders Band. Little did we know what a big undertaking it is, the biggest fundraiser next to the capital campaign, said Mark, who owns his own business, Interiology Design Company of Watertown. Cindy said they run the Snack Shack as if it is a business. One of their responsibilities includes making sure all the necessary supplies are in stock and ordering or purchasing what is needed from various suppliers. It's been fun. It's the ability to own a restaurant with a limited number of openings, and then we're done, said Mark. Nine parent volunteers are needed for the Snack Shack to run efficiently, and they need a lot more for busier games like Thanksgiving. This season, they are opening a total of seven times, including five football games, the Thanksgiving Day game, and Belmont Soccer Night. At halftime, the line extends all the way down to the skating rink, which is when the pressure is on. Mark said they try to give everyone what they need as fast and as quickly as they can. Cindy said they have a lot of repeat volunteers because it's a lot of fun, even though it's a lot of work. It's for a great cause for Palms, which supports all the music programs throughout the Belmont public school systems, and our kids have been fortunate enough to benefit and succeed and enjoy all the different music programs, said Cindy. It's turned into a group of people that really enjoy hanging out and helping out Palms and spending some time inside, said Cindy Estes, co-chairman of Palms. According to Estes, funds raised are used to bring in different clinicians who work with music students at Belmont Public Schools. Occasionally, she said, they help fund new instruments or uniforms. Most recently, Palms helped raise funds to get used pianos for Belmont High School. Last year, she said they created a fund in honor of retired band teacher John McClelland for a summer camp music program for students in need. Now over to Max. Thanks, Claire. Gas leaks are happening all over. <coughs> Is Belmont safe? By Lexi Peary. Concerns about gas leaks in Massachusetts are front and center following the catastrophic gas explosions in the Merrimack Valley in September, and Belmont is not immune. This year, Belmont Fire Department has received 31 calls related to natural gas odor indoors between January 1st and October 29th. This tops the past two years in number of calls, with 22 calls in 2017 and 24 calls in 2016. Typically, residents are instructed to call the gas company immediately when they detect a problem. 
Some of the calls this year were minor, necessitating only turning off a burner on a stove, but some incidents required National Grid, Belmont's gas provider, to come out and respond immediately. Belmont resident and environmental advocate Madeline Fraser-Cook happened to be in Lawrence on September 13th, hours before the gas explosions occurred. She was attending a meeting for an environmental group, but left just while emergency personnel started shutting down the roads into the area. It was definitely a shock, Cook said. It was a huge tragedy, not only on a personal level, but it's a worst-case scenario. Gas leaks are all over, literally all over. Cook's interest in gas leaks began following the devastation of Lawrence. She realized the widespread issue of gas leaks when she saw a map released by Home Energy Efficiency Team, HEAT, a nonprofit focused on home energy safety and efficiency. Maps released by HEAT show gas leaks in towns throughout Massachusetts, including many in Belmont. Cook saw that five leaks were reported near her home, and that made her realize the severity of the issue. She had smelled gas a couple of times since moving to Belmont eight years ago. My sense of it is people just don't really know who to go to, how to become more involved. It seems like a frustrating conversation, and it's intimidating, Cook said. Gas leaks have been around for so long, and the gas companies are under the microscope and have issues with their workers at the moment, but people understand there is a problem now. Belmont relies on National Grid for gas within the town. Robert Kievra, a spokesman at National Grid, said the old infrastructure the company is working with can contribute to gas leaks. Of National Grid's approximately 11,000 miles of gas main, about 3,100 miles, or 29%, is cast iron and bare steel, which is more susceptible to leaks, Kievra wrote in an email. He stressed that the company is also working on upgrading the old system. We are also employing new technologies to enhance our preventative maintenance and inspection capabilities with the goal of delivering the highest level of safety and reliability across our national gas network. Because National Grid owns the gas lines, it's up to the company to fix leaks happening in Belmont. But residents can take preventative me measures to their home and neighborhood to protect them from leaks because gas leaks can also occur when people hit an outdoor gas line. Mike Santoro, assistant director at Belmont Public Works Department, said it's important that residents are aware of DigSafe, which is a not-for-profit agency that alerts utility companies when someone is digging on private or public property. What happens is you're a normal homeowner and you don't realize you're you need to call DigSafe. You're supposed to notify them whenever you put a shovel in the ground, Santoro said. That's where I think a lot of issues come up. City, cities, towns, and contractors know it. The normal resident doesn't know it. Major renovation projects are simple, something as simple as putting in a basketball hoop or even planting a tree in Massachusetts requires people to call DigSafe. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Smart Meters Coming to Homes by Joanna K. Zavallis. In, 20, uh, in 2019, Belmont residents will begin to gain the ability to use their computer or a mobile app to see how much water they are using in their homes, as well as set parameters for usage. Currently, readers are read via radio and bills are issued to residents quarterly, which makes excessive water consumption harder to detect. The new smart meters with real-time data 
will help residents detect if there could be a problem with a leaky toilet or hose the same day it is happening. Bills will be sent to residents monthly with the new smart meters, which will have the ability to communicate with Belmont Light's electric meters. On November 5th, Selectman approved a contract with Bay State Wind Supply, the installation company, for $980,000. The total cost for the smart meter program in Belmont, including hardware and installation, is approximately $3.3 million, according to Public Works Director Jay Marcotte. Beginning in January, Bay State Wind Supply, the third-party installer, will start notifying residents by letter in certain neighborhoods based on the plan and supply a dedicated phone number for residents to make appointments when it's convenient for them. The installers will have photo identifications. Mancuso said that the total time it will take to exchange the old meter for the new meter is 15 minutes. The water will be shut off, the original meter will be removed, and the new one will be installed. There are approximately 10,000 locations uh, which will be replaced over an 18-month period, said Mark Mancuso, the manager of Belmont Public Works Water Division. Approximately 6,000 commercial and residential meters in Belmont have reached their total life expectancy and will also be replaced. According to Mancuso, the free app for mobile devices will also notify residents when consumption exceeds the parameters they have set. The water division will also be notified if a resident's consumption goes over the limit and will notify residents. And now on to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Gifts of Hope Telethon, <coughs> set for December 2nd. The Belmont Media Center is collaborating with the Belmont Citizen Herald and Wicked Local Belmont on a live Gifts of Hope Telethon to benefit the Belmont Food Pantry from noon to 3 p.m. on Sunday, December 2nd. Gifts of Hope is an annual campaign of Gatehouse Media, the parent company of the Belmont Citizen Herald, which raises funds for a local cause. Residents are encouraged to call 617-484-2443 or stop into the Belmont Media Center Studio, 9 Lexington Street, Belmont, between noon and 3 p.m. on December 2nd and make a monetary or food donation to the Belmont Food Pantry. Items needed include shampoo, toothpaste, and toothbrushes, soap, bar and liquid, sanitary napkins, razors, sha shaving cream, household cleaners, coffee, tea, canned chili with meat and stews, canned beets, peas, mixed vegetables, mushrooms, cooking oil, tuna fish, canned fruit, and so on. Checks should be made, to, made payable to the Belmont Food Pantry. Now on to Max. Thanks, Claire. <coughs> Studio hosts fundraiser for pancreatic cancer by Mayumi Motoyama. November is known as Pancreatic Stomach and Lung Cancer Awareness Month, but the battle against these dreadful diseases should be waged regardless of the month. Peter Walker, owner of the Avalon Dance and Fitness Studio in Belmont, did just that. 
He created a unique fundraising event which put everything a dance studio could offer, including live and silent auctions, performances by dancers within and outside of the studio, food, conversation, a time to meet new people, and a chance for social-styled dancing. The event on September 28th garnered widespread attention and went on to raise over $10,000 for the Bay State Health Foundation. The momentum for the fundraiser began when David Potter, a dance instructor from Springfield, passed away this year with only eight weeks between the diagnosis and the day he had to say goodbye. The sudden passing was devastating for his sister, Marianne Nicole de Palma, a former champion in three styles of competitive dance and now an internationally renowned examiner and coach. After learning of her loss, Walker, de Palma's longtime colleague and owner of Avalon, proposed that he dedicate Avalon's fourth anniversary celebration as a fundraiser for pancreatic cancer awareness in honor of Potter. As soon as the plan was set in motion, prize donations started coming in from local establishments, as did pledges by artists from across the nation. Spurred to action by the kindness Walker showed to others, his students showed their respect by making various contributions. One of Walker's students, Joanna Dunn, who is also an accomplished painter and a Belmont resident, even completed two new murals for the studio prior to the fundraiser. At the night of the event, guests filled the venue as the mellow song, The Way You Look Tonight, played in the background. At first glance, one could mistake this for any other weekend social gathering as old friends greeted each other upon reuniting and couples introduced their partners, but all who gathered there that night were well aware of the greater purpose of their presence. At the entrance, each guest received a package containing a cookie in the shape of a purple ribbon, the symbol of pancreatic cancer, handmade by the studio staff. The decorations were also purple. The event also provided a chance to experience social dancing set to live music. Unlike competition-style dance, social-style dancing is a more informal dance for all levels. Many dancers, even those with years of experience, had not been to a social dance with live music. Everyone was welcome to step onto the dance floor as the Brent Mills live band's stream of swing, cha-cha, tango, and all types of dance tunes beckoned them over. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Canopy is here. Grab some popcorn, claim a spot on the couch, and get ready to watch some of the world's best films for free. Belmont Library cardholders now have access to any of the 30,000 films in the Canopy collection. If you like documentary, international, classic, or independent films, give Canopy a try. It offers film festival favorites, hard-to-find titles, and thousands of films from the Criterion Collection, Great Courses, PBS, Women Make Movies, Samuel Goldwyn, and more. CBC News called Canopy a treasure trove, arguably the greatest assortment of international art cinema under one roof. It also included, also included is Canopy Kids, offering a variety of entertaining and educational films and TV series for preschool and up, including animated storybooks, anime, classic films, and movies for the whole family. Each Belmont Library cardholder may stream up to five films per month. 
once you press the play button on a film, you have three days to view it as many times as you like. For more information, call the reference desk at 617-993-2870. And now over to Claire. Thanks, Bob. Sign up for an interview with the Belmont Story Project. The Belmont Story Project, BSP, is a local oral history recording project modeled after NPR's StoryCorps. This project collects the stories of the people of Belmont. The topic can have to do with raising your kids, your work life, a funny story, whatever you decide. Whether you've lived here for six months or six decades, your story matters, and we'd love to add your voice to the collection. It's very easy to participate. Interviews are recorded in the Claflin Room at the Belmont Public Library. You need to make an appointment. Listen to a recent Belmont Story Project with Belmont resident Josephine Fang discussing memories of World War II in her native Austria emigrating to the United States in the 1950s. Her career as a library science professor and raising a family here in Belmont, Mass., with her late husband, Paul Fang. For more information or to schedule your interview, contact Nancy McCollum at nmccolm at minlib.net or... 617-993-2870. Now, over to Max. Thank you, Claire. Bells rung to commemorate World War I anniversary. Members of the VFW and American Legion rang Belmont's ceremonial bell on November 11th at 11 a.m., while younger and older citizens looked on. Citizens of other community across this nation also rang bells to rec- to recall what took place on ni- in 1918 on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. That, de- the de- that day in which an armistice was signed ended hostilities between the Allied nations and Germany in World War I, then known as the Great War, the war to end all wars. Names of the 10 service members from Belmont who gave their lives during World War I were read by veterans standing by the bell during the ceremony. Back to you, Bob. Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you have enjoyed the show. We wish all of our listeners a happy Thanksgiving, and we will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont.